0: Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. In the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action. And how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice, and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities and some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Hey, everyone, David Cohen back with another episode of the Give First podcast. It's an exciting one today. I'm really thrilled to welcome to the podcast, Joey Womack. He's the Founder and CEO at Goody Nation. He's been at that for about seven years. He's a connector, an ecosystem builder. Works with social entrepreneurs and diverse founders to help close the relationship gap. Joey, welcome to Get First. Hey, hey, how's it going? Excited to be here. I know everybody would like to learn more about you and also what Goody Nation is up to. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing at Goody Nation.
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm an ecosystem developer, community builder. Get it genetically from my parents and. Went on to Florida a University in Tallahassee, where I launched my first startup and continued to do it full time after graduating. And for the past 12 or so years, I've been focused on building community for entrepreneurs, really of, of all backgrounds. And so Goodie Nation actually started out as a hackathon for good. The original name was Goody Hack, and we evolved that program from pre-accelerator to now essentially a post-accelerator focused on relationships for awesome founders.
0: So how does that work? It's a nonprofit, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so we're a nonprofit headquartered in Atlanta, but with founders all across the U.S. and now starting to be global. And our promise to founders to hold them accountable for making progress, while also developing them as humans and as CEOs. So when they say, hey, we need a little bit of help, we try to activate our network in making that happen.
0: So you're really giving them another network, hopefully on top of some that they have. They may not have many, but an example of that would be Jasmine from Gooder that came out of uh, Techstars Accelerator. Is that sort of your targeting? You're looking for someone that has a little bit of capital already and some promise, and then trying to attach your network to them. Is that the idea? Exactly. And so they have a little bit of progress,
1: revenue in, and funding, but also a lot more potential to go. And so we feel like we can make warm intros, and that's our superpower: make warm intros for additional funding and/or indoor customers.
0: Got it. And this is for social entrepreneurs or diverse founders? Yes, social entrepreneurs
1: from all backgrounds and then also diverse founders.
0: Got it. How many are you working with today across the country?
1: Yeah, as it stands right now, we're about at 200 founders across the country. By the end of the
0: quarter, we'll be at about
1: 250.
0: Awesome. When they become part of what you're doing, they get access to that network throughout the life of their company or throughout their whole journey as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, we say that they're with us either until Goody Nation no longer exists, which we hope is not anytime soon, or they just don't need us anymore. With that being said, traditionally, we see it being about what we're seeing now is really like a two, three year relationship one way or the other.
0: And maybe tell us a couple of stories like from your network, how you have been able to deliver a different kind of network or different kind of help to the entrepreneurs that you work with.
1: Yeah, so there's a great founder out of Dallas, Mandy Price, one of the co-founders of Canaries. And so her startups focus on helping larger companies measure their diversity inclusion efforts. Because I'm involved with the Chamber of Commerce here in Atlanta, they had a recent plan to engage all the large corporations in the city or the metro area on a D&I effort. And so we were able to make intentional connections to Mandy or for Mandy to the Chamber of Commerce. And now the Chamber is using her product for all 250 companies that are measuring their DNI efforts.
0: Awesome. And I've seen it with Gooder in our own portfolio. I think that's sort of contract with the Atlanta airport, something you guys helped open up to them. You know, networks are so important. And I know you're a big believer in that, too, obviously. But that's really how we built Techstars. We tried to create a network that can help entrepreneurs succeed. When you talk about closing the relationship gap for the folks that you're working with, what does that mean? Talk more about what that relationship gap is for them in the first place.
1: Yeah. So we define the relationship gap as the distance between entrepreneurs and what we call key influencers. And so we take the definition from the Kate Porson or Leaky Tech Pipeline report is saying that these key influencers are those that are graduates from top colleges or employees from top companies or those closely connected to them. And so what we see is diverse founders and also social entrepreneurs, particularly those not in coastal financial centers are less connected to these key influencers than their counterparts. And so one thing it leads to is a lack of financial capital, which is talked about a lot. But it also leads to things like lack of access to customers, lack of access to talent. And we know that today that's a huge thing. And it also leads to things like lack of professional development, so access to, to higher level CEOs and things of that nature that can help them navigate some very complex problems.
0: So, Joey, if somebody's listening and they want to help out with what you're doing and helping these folks in your network be more successful, what can they do to contribute to what you're trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, great question. We are focused right now on providing value to the founders even more so than before. And so if you're someone that's been there and done that, you've had an exit, you have access to a bunch of awesome people. You can tactically go to our website, sign up as an expert, and then we'll plug you in and start making connections along the way. With so many awesome founders in our network, that means that we just have to create even more connections to them. And so we're really looking to build out our our expert network.
0: Awesome. I know as a nonprofit, I'm sure people actually becoming donors helps as well. It may not be the first way they engage, but it's a way they can. And we're trying to spread the word about that opportunity and doing a match from the Techstars Foundation as part of our Accelerate Equity program. So anyone out there that is wanting to do that can do that through techstars.org and get a match from the Techstars Foundation. So it's even more powerful than the dollars you give. So if you're into what Goody Nation is up to and check it out and want to do that, I'm sure that would be welcome too, right, Joey? Exactly. Exactly. I want to switch gears and talk about what's in the water in the ATL. It feels like Atlanta has got all kinds of cool stuff going on. There's really smart, interesting people there. James Oliver Jr. Maybe you know him over at the Parent Printer Foundation. We've got lots of activity with Cox in town doing amazing things to support the community. So many cool companies coming out of there now. What's going on there? What's happening that's really making it a wave right now? I mean, I think
1: you're seeing an overnight success story that was 10 years or so in the making, right? We've always believed in Atlanta, and I've been here since 2005. We've always believed that we were almost like a sleeping giant. Interesting nexus of where we sit in the country with a lot of talent that is hidden and typically isn't in the innovation economy. And so with a lot of intentional efforts, a lot of people are now starting to kind of come out the woodworks. And so you're seeing this interesting intersection of tech, culture, Things like what's being done at the gathering spot at A3C, a bunch of things with the university system, both at the black colleges, but also schools like Emory and Georgia Tech and Georgia State. Really, really interesting mix. And at the bottom line is we're really leveraging the strengths of Metro Atlanta and really the Southeast to create our own
0: identity. You can feel it's happening. I, I know like every story over Night success like you said, took 20 years. Matt Mullenweg said that and do more faster. He wrote a chapter for a book. He said, yeah, WordPress was an overnight success that took me forever. Right. For anybody to ever hear of it. I'm a big fan uh, football wise of that other school in Tallahassee. You got out of there and you went to the big city, I guess.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Interesting story there. So I'm originally from Alabama, but went across you know, state lines to go to school in, in Tallahassee. But even though I'm from Alabama, I actually grew up a fan of the University of Miami's football team. Oh,
0: no. We're going to have
1: words, man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't it was, it was just the attitude. I feel like this same attitude to a certain extent founders have, but you know, I grew to love Florida state a little bit. I got got some good
0: friends from over there. But yeah, I had to I had to get out of the city. Got it. You mentioned in your own DNA, your family, and I've I've heard some interesting stories. Any any you want to share of why you think you became an ecosystem and community builder? What is in that DNA? So my
1: father is from the neighborhood in Mobile, Alabama where the slaves from the last known slave ship that came to America lived and settled. And so that neighborhood in and of itself had a culture of building community. And it even led to, interesting side note, a baseball culture in Mobile, Alabama that produced Satchel Paige, Hank Aaron, Billy Williams, and a bunch of other Black Hall of Famers who are a relatively small city, produced a lot of elite baseball talent. And so my mother... If you go up the road a little bit about 160 miles northeast of Montgomery, Alabama, it's from the neighborhood where Martin Luther King Jr. lived when he was in Montgomery. And so her aunt was actually in the home with Coretta Scott King when the King's home was bombed. And her uncle was a community builder himself. He actually owned... A nightclub, you was social, so on and so forth. And so he was a dot connector and things like that. And so genetically kind of passed down to me. And so on one side, I have my father, who was an activist and a community builder. And on the other side, I have my mother, who's basically like a human
0: in Facebook. An amazing story. And if you want to hear more about it, go listen to the TED Talk. You did a TEDx, I think, on this topic. Super fascinating, that whole story and crazy as well. But yeah, I can see how that led to what you're doing today in terms of your mindset. You know, we have an equitech program in the works where it's open for applications as we're recording this. And we defined this idea of equitech. It's a word we're trying to help coin Mm. as really entrepreneurs that are trying to work on anything that helps with kind of systemic inequality. It doesn't matter if the entrepreneurs are diverse or not, if they're working on something that helps with that, we wanted to fund it in that program. Are you seeing in your own network of the hundreds of entrepreneurs you work with that some of them are working on things like that that really can help others with this issue of networks or access or, you know, quality? Or is that really not prevalent in the sort of group of people you work with? For sure. I mean, even in Atlanta,
1: the home of civil rights, we see it a lot. Those that are working in the startup space, those are working what we call tech-enabled small business space. I think the interesting part is the intersection of equality, but also culture. I think you also, you have a recent tech Techstars graduate, not from Atlanta, I believe she's in California or Los Angeles. Kelsey Davis from from Collective that's doing some interesting things around connecting creative talent to opportunity. So I'm starting to see more things around that. You see Kate Atwood with Loco Plus here in Atlanta doing an interesting job of building community among content creators,
0: which only creates even more opportunities for everyone else. Sometimes it's really just trying to create a word or a rallying cry around this. And, and the folks in Baltimore that we're working with came up with this notion of equitech. It's tech that can do good by opening opportunities. So if people listening or anyone in your network right, is interested in, in that particular accelerator, comes with the funding and all of that, that's something for folks to check out as well. Joey, I've heard you talk about trust being the most important thing between networks and funders and founders. How is what you're doing trying to drive that trust through the network that you're working with?
1: That's a great question. Yeah, we talk about relationships and and the gap there, but it does all at the end of the day kind of boil down to trust. And so we really create intentional connections really based on origin stories. I was looking on your LinkedIn profile. I saw that spend some time in Central Florida. I spent some time in Central Florida and Orlando doing some events. So we start to see common connection points as a way to get people into deeper conversations. And especially when you're talking around entrepreneurs and decision makers, either on the capital side or the purchase side, you start to get into those origin stories. Then you start to show the founders have traction. And that's where it leads to quick decisions. Or we see evidence that it leads to quick decisions, especially when it comes from a cosign from someone else. So we spend a lot of time creating those kind of deeper connections and it may take three or four or five conversations,
0: but it really leads to some really good results. You know, you're coaching the entrepreneurs on that, but it seems almost like we need to coach the folks that we're trying to connect them to, exactly. whether you want to call them mentors or do you do any work to sort of help people think about how to do that from the sort of helping side? It's on our roadmap. We've done it in bits and pieces in the past,
1: but we're looking to develop, given some resources, things like that, trying to create some more programming around that, how to work with diverse founders, how to work with social entrepreneurs that are focused on equity, teaching them and exposing them to to techniques that can help them drill down into someone's origin story to really bring out the parts which you can really trust and putting your reputation on the
0: line. Again, finding that mutual point of connection, might be able to do it, might not be able to do it, but if you can't, I think it really helps. I remember recently I was speaking to 50 or so founders, having to be a diverse group of founders, and I was talking about, valuations and pre and post money and one of them stopped me and just said, I've never heard those terms before. That's new to me. And I'm so used to talking to people that have sort of been through maybe an accelerator or something and have had that little bit of education or learning. And I realized like in that moment, okay, that actually took a lot of guts for that person to say, I don't understand that, right? In that moment. And I think half the room was probably thinking it, right? And so sometimes also it's it's just being willing to ask and the, the person who's teaching something being willing to slow down and say, okay, this is not some deficiency this person has that's listening, right? This is an opportunity for them to be exposed to something for the first time, potentially. So I love hearing from people how I can sort of change my own way of thinking to be more helpful as a mentor, as someone that's trying to help. I think you're exactly right. And I'll tell you the first time I really started to think about
1: trust, it's about a year before I started Goody Nation. I believe you all may know Hadia from HBCUVC. I was out in California, long story short, we were going to a conference and she was like, yeah, you know, out here... A lot of the times on the weekends in the fall, people are going to the mountains or the woods or something like that to kind of detox and build relationships with friends. And, and I'm like, where are watching in Atlanta in the fall on a Saturday, we're watching football, like everybody. And so if the thing is that I need to stop watching football on Saturday to go hang out in the woods and, and develop relationships that way, I'm going to pick football every time. That's just part of our culture. But those trips to the woods, and that's also a representation of an, of an experience, I think is where people develop trust. If I don't have the opportunity to create trust, then I'll never get a chance to break in and be employee number one through 10 or get in an investment or something along those lines. It
0: can lock some people out of opportunities. We could talk forever about college football, I know, <laughs> back, and we're not going to do it. I just met Drew Weatherford of Weatherford Capital. You may recognize that name. Yeah, QB, star QB for uh, Bobby Bell. Of course, Bobby and just passing. We're not going to get into all this stuff, but you and I, we could talk about that anytime because I'm from Florida, which is almost in the South, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. South. Exactly. just South of the South, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Black Founders Fund. I want to get that out there. I saw that you're working with Google on that. What's that all about? How can people tap into that or what should they know about it?
1: Yeah. So the Black Founders Fund is a $5 million quote unquote fund to award $100,000 in non-diluted funding, essentially cash awards to 50 amazing black, well this year, 50 amazing black founders. Last year was the first time they did it. They did 76 black founders. And so it comes with not only the the money, but also support from Google, ad credits, things of that nature, but also a year plus support from Goody Nation in our network. And so what's gonna happen shortly, they're gonna announce the recipients of round two. And so those founders will again will receive the money, they'll receive some support from Google, and they'll receive support from the Goody Nation network as well. So what you'll see is a bunch of founders that have a lot of potential. They have a little bit of traction, but they, they're still at a stage where $100,000 means a lot. The ability to, to hire talent or to invest in their technology or something along those lines. And so looking forward to plugging in awesome people like from your network to those amazing founders as well.
0: Super cool. And so I'm going to go at it one more time. This is the Give First podcast. Techstars Foundation is involved with Goody Nation. Awesome organization. You can hear about the work that Joey and the team are doing. Working with amazing founders, helping them be more successful through network sort of closing that relationship gap. Check it out at techstars.org. You'll find it as one of the organizations you can donate to, get a match from us or go directly to them if you prefer. Get involved. If you don't want to donate or can't donate, that's cool. You can get involved in other ways. Anything else that you want to add, Joey, last minute? Because it's such an amazing thing that people can check out from our network on to make sure they know everything that you want them to know about it. Sure, yes. At the end of the day, you,
1: you can make a difference. This thing we call the relationship gap, it's a solvable problem. Is a solvable problem. We can make a difference. And so please contribute to these founders creating value. If it speaks to you and our mission speaks to you, please consider contributing to us as well. In regards, looking
0: forward to working with you all moving forward. Let's go make this change happen. Thanks, Joey, for being with us on the show. And thanks for everything you do to help entrepreneurs succeed. Thank you. Peace out. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one. And reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, Give First.